it's okay when things don't go the way we planned. Let's put on compassionate hearts and kindness and meekness and patience. When we do this, his love will always shine in our community. And there will be times when people come against you and it hurts really deep. And so you should seek forgiveness and reconciliation. It's okay to say, Adam, that was mean. Don't do that again. Sorry, forgive me. It's okay to say, I really don't like the way we do the coffee. Can I help change that? That's okay. It's okay to say, I want to give myself to this community to make this community better. It's not okay to saying this community's broken. I'll find a better one elsewhere. Because the truth is, they'll be broken too. You'll always be chasing something you'll never find. The perfect church. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. I have to tell you something about myself. I have a really easy job. Did you know that? See, when it comes to finding the perfect church, my job is super simple. Because if the pastor sucks, I can work on that. If the pastor of my church says things I don't like, I can talk to him. If the pastor of my church says things that aren't funny, I can call, call him out later and say, hey, that wasn't very funny. See, I have an easy job when it comes to finding the perfect church. Because I was assigned this place. I was told this is where you get to go. No questions asked. And I get to be here as long as I want. And so when you guys start to be less than perfect, I can say, see you later. I'll find another perfect church elsewhere. (laughs) And so can you. But you have a much harder job of finding the perfect church. See, if you go to a church and the music's not what you're looking for or expecting, or maybe they miss a few notes, who do you talk to? Are you allowed to say something? Are you able to step up and say, hey, what if we did things a little different? If you go to a church and you really like the church, but the pastor says some things that are kind of uncomfortable, or or maybe he says some things like, theologically, I'm not sure that I agree with that, or gosh, he seems kind of far off. Are you able to approach him and, and correct him? Or is he up on the stage behind a podium in a place where he's the spoken word, and you just have to submit and trust. When it comes to finding the perfect church, it can be really hard because we can find a church that has all the right people we love. They just don't have the programs we're looking for, right? Like, let's be honest. If you're single, it'd be nice if we had a singles ministry, right? A nice dating pool of Christians you know will never hurt you. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? Or or what if you're married and you're like, I just really wish there were other married couples. And like, I love the church, but there's no married people around because they don't exist in the church. So maybe I've got to go elsewhere. Have you ever had that challenge of trying to find a new church? 
The perfect one is, is out there, I'm sure. It's just so hard to find. And unfortunately, you get into a church and like, this seems perfect in every way. Like the people are awesome. They have great coffee. They have great food. The music's fun. I really love it. I love the messages. I'm so encouraged. And you're there for like six or 12 months or maybe even a couple of years. And then what happens? These perfect people at the perfect church screw it all up. You ever been there? You think you're moving in a great direction. This is where I want to be. And then the people say something really hurtful. They do something really hurtful. They act in a way that's not very Christian. And the community you thought you were getting invested in, you thought you were a part of, is suddenly not as perfect as you were hoping it to be. And so our simple solution is what? You guys have an easy job. You get to take this solution See, if we're not perfect enough for you in this place, if we don't measure up to the things you're looking for or hoping for, if we aren't everything you anticipated in the church, you can just go someplace else. Meanwhile, I'm stuck here, and you're stuck with me. Sorry. See, there's something we build up in our culture today about this perfect church. We want everything to be exactly what we're looking for. What really feeds my soul and helps me grow. We want the church to be the kind of people that I want my kids to be around, right? And sometimes they're not. And then what? Sometimes I'm not the kind of person that they want their kids around. Then what? For most of the history of the world, of the church especially, you and I didn't have a choice of which church we went to. For most of the history of Christianity, if you were a believer, you had one option. Take it or leave it. You either went to the local church nearby or you were out of the church altogether and out of the community of faith and the people to encourage and the people to speak. And so if that community was really broken, you had one option. Either fix it or leave Now, we live in a world that's unfortunately inundated with perfect churches. Inundated with all these great options you can choose from. And so if this church is broken and doesn't meet your expectations, doesn't do the things you want it to do, doesn't act the way you think it should, doesn't teach what you like to hear, you have an option. Go someplace else. Because they'll be better. Unfortunately, they might not be. See, in all of these options for churches, all of these places we can go, communities we can be a part of, one of the downsides is we set ourselves up for failure. We can create an image of what we're looking for in the community, the type of people we want to be around. But what happens when they're not that? We can create an image of the things we want to hear on a, in a sermon or in a Bible study or in whatever means of discipleship. That's what we desire. What happens when it falls short? We have a challenge today where you have any number of options of where you could spend your Sunday morning or your Wednesday night or your Tuesday afternoon or whatever day you gather to worship. And not all congregations are created equal. Not all gatherings of Christians are equal. In fact, we're very different. If you've ever been to a Baptist church, they look and feel a little different than we do. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, they look and feel a little different than we do. And there's some strengths and some weaknesses in both. 
So how do you find the perfect church? Well, I would like to do a little experiment, and this experiment requires all of your participation. So if you're here and willing to participate, will you raise your hand? Cool, about half of you, so this might work. All right. Uh, The ushers are going to hand out some cards right now. These cards just simply have 10 yes and no checkboxes. I don't want you to put your name or any identifier on this card. I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions, and I would like you to just check yes or no. And what we're going to do is we're going to then collect these cards and hand them out to somebody else. So you won't know whose card you have. You won't know who you're representing. But just to see how perfect you are as a church, I want us to do this little experiment. Can you help me with this? If you need a pen and you don't have a pen, raise your hand and they'll like bring you a pen as well with these cards. While they're passing these out, I just want to ask for a little bit, what would that perfect church look like? Last week, we, in the series Imperfect, focused on the reality that our flaws, our imperfections as people are based on sin. And if we say that we're perfect, if we say that we as a people individually have it all put together, we deceive ourselves and the love of God is not in us. See, in order for God's love to be made perfect in us, to be perfected among us, we have to begin with the reality that we are not on our own perfect. And we never will be. And we are works in progress, always progressing towards the the people he made us to be. We're not there yet. So it's okay to not be okay and for everything to be a mess. That's fine. All right, is there anybody who still needs a card? Okay, that like chunk back there still needs one. We still need a couple up here. Hey, Mark, right in front of you, we need a couple more cards. That'd be awesome. All right. Here's the first question. Don't worry, I'll go slow enough. For those of you that still need a card, you can catch up. All right, first question. Yes or no? We put it up there? I sometimes get angry and say mean things about bad drivers. I know this will all be no. Don't worry. It's all anonymous, so you're safe, okay? I sometimes say mean things about bad drivers. You ready for question two? All right, question two. I have been known to yell at refs. All right. Through the TV can count. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know that you have the power of slow-mo supervision. You got it perfect, right? They did not. Thankfully, last night, the Titans game, they got it perfect. Go Titans. It was wonderful. Excellent, right? right. Unless you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, then we're clearly an imperfect people. Anyway, (laughs) I've been known to yell at refs. All right, question three. I enjoy juicy gossip. Like the royal family, right? They're splitting. Oh, boy. Yes or no? All right, question four. I have lied to get out of a social gathering. Surely none of you, right? Just church. church. (laughs) Amen. I was sick and tired of not fishing. All right, question five. My screen went blank, so I'll turn around. I don't manage my money very well. Hmm. Yes or no? All right, question six. I occasionally have a few too many drinks. 
Question seven. I've looked at porn in the last 30 days. Remember, this is anonymous. Nobody will see. Yes or no? Question eight. I have struggled with drug use or addiction. Question nine. There are people I can't forgive. I notice as we go through these questions, it's getting quieter in the room. Do they hit a little closer to home? Do they hurt a little more? How about this last question? I've been physically, emotionally, or sexually abused. Remember, nobody will know that this is you. So answer totally anonymously. Yes or no. Now I'm going to ask the ushers to pass the buckets. We're going to collect these and hand them back to you. Now, when we hand them back to you, we don't know whose card is whose. Here's what I want us to do as we hand them back. We're going to go through these questions one more time. And if the card you're holding, which represents somebody else in this room, not you, if the card you're holding said yes, every time we get to these questions, will you stand up? Make sense? So you're not standing up if it's true for you. If it's true for the person you're representing, then you're standing up. While they collect these, we'll continue. Those questions, were they difficult? We laughed in the first few because we're like, oh yeah, we can relate. We've been there, right? Some we go, that's not that big of a deal, is it? But then others, they, they sting a little more. Last week, as we talked about being the imperfect church, one of the, thing, the imperfect people, one of the things we discussed is that you and I need this vulnerability says, I am not okay. That's okay. I intentionally put these questions in this order because I knew starting out with those easy ones or probable ones, people have no problem saying, yeah, I've done that. That's fine. But what about these last ones? Where maybe it's not something you've done, but something that's been done to you. See, if we are going to be a people that are not okay, we have to be a people that are okay with really uncomfortable, not okay things. If we're looking for the perfect church, this is the first thing you have to find. The perfect church is the one that is willing to be okay with really big messes. If your mess is too big for the church, you're in the wrong place. More importantly, if your mess, if your brokenness is too big for the God of the church who suffered and died for us, you're in the wrong place. All right, will you guys pass those back out? Now they're all mixed up. We don't know who's this, who we're going to pass them out. We're going to try this again, all right? And if I could maybe get a couple people to speed it up, maybe just jump up and help hand them out. Doesn't matter who gets what, we'll just pass them out and keep going, all right? Awesome. Thanks, guys. Remember, these represent somebody else, not you. For those of you joining us on live stream, I know we don't get your answers and you won't be able to see the room. So I'm just going to tell you that uh, every time people stand up, I'll let you know about how much of the room is standing. 
See, the reason I'm doing this is because it's really important for us to see visually just how much we all need Jesus. Because we all do. Sometimes it's really easy to get in our chairs and and focus ahead and, and forget that there's people around us and we can think in our silo that we're the only one who's going through what we're going through. There's a long list of other questions we thought about putting up here. Other questions such as, I'm struggling with depression or anxiety. I sometimes doubt God when bad things happen. I don't understand what he's up to in my life. There's plenty of other challenges and problems and hurts we can put up. So this is not exclusive. It's not exhaustive. Just a few things I think many of us may struggle with. All right, does everybody have one? You ready for this? Question one. I sometimes get angry and say mean things about bad drivers. If the person you're representing said yes, stand up. Okay, so this is like 95% of the room because we live in Tennessee and there's a lot of bad drivers. (laughs) Don't worry if you sometimes get angry and say mean things, you are forgiven. It'll be okay. All right, sit down. Let's try this again. Question number two. I've been known to yell at refs. Okay, about like 80%, maybe 75%, probably via the TV definitely in person, right? All right, you guys sit down. Number three, I enjoy juicy gossip. There's a question? Or you're just saying you you don't want to stand up? Raul just had knee surgery, so I understand. You stay seated and just raise your hand. And Deborah too, all right. All right. So quite a bit of the room enjoys some juicy gossip, which, you know, the Bible says gossip is sinful, So you are forgiven too. Go ahead and sit down. Number four. I've lied to get out of a social gathering. Not church. Oh, wait, no. Possibly church. Most of the room. Are you seeing a theme here? Now let's get to some of the tougher ones. What's this next one? Number five. I don't manage my money very well. How many of you like to talk about money? I didn't think so. All right, but stand up if your card doesn't manage money very well. Wow, quite a few of us, probably 70%, don't manage money well. You're not alone if you're in over your head financially. All right, sit down. Number six, I occasionally have a few too many drinks. Hmm. (laughs) Jackie says she knew this was her kind of church. About half of us occasionally have too many drinks. All right, sit down. Number seven. I've looked at porn in the last 30 days. A good number of us, 20, 30%, have looked at porn in the last 30 days. You are forgiven in this place. All right, sit down. Number eight. I've struggled with drug use or addiction. Hmm. Again, maybe 20 or 30% of us. You are not alone in this place. All right, sit down. Number nine. Are people I can't forgive? 
maybe about half. Half of us have somebody we can't forgive. You're not alone in this place. I thought I was in the perfect church. I'm starting to think maybe not. All right, sit down. This last one, I have been physically, emotionally, or sexually abused. Now let me say this. This is not your fault. It's never your fault. But look around the room. 30, 35% have experienced physical or emotional or sexual abuse. Have a seat. Thank you guys for participating. Let me ask you this. Are we the perfect church you thought we would be? See, I often hear as a pastor, I really like Jesus, but his people are terrible. And to be totally honest, sometimes we are. In fact, sometimes that very abuse that many of you have struggled or have experienced might have come from within the church. People who claim to be Christian, who do things entirely unlike Christ. We are a broken, imperfect people, and yet we desire a perfect church. We will never find a perfect church. I don't care if they're big or small, have the the programs and the music, the things we like or not, the community we love. We will never find a church where people don't hurt us. You know why? Because hurt people will always hurt people. And as you can see, there's a lot of people that have been hurt, that have done things that have caused hurtful words to be spoken or actions to be taken or things to be done. We are a room full of hurt people, which means at some point or another, I'm probably going to hurt you. Are you okay with that? The Pharisees, the religious leaders at Jesus' time were not okay with that. If you want to follow along, we're in Matthew chapter 9. The beginning of this, uh, of this chapter, Jesus calls Matthew, a tax collector, to come and to follow him. How many of you love paying taxes? How many of you love the guy you pay your taxes to? I didn't think so. Even today, 2,000 years removed, where we have a very regulated system that's super complicated uh, for how you pay taxes, none of us enjoy paying taxes and oftentimes think terrible things about the people who collect them. But in this day and age, it was even worse. They were known for being mistrustful, for being dishonest, for stealing your money and for cheating. And for a Jewish person, it was even worse because they saw people collecting taxes as betraying God because the taxes they were collecting were for the Roman government that had been oppressing them. And they saw people who were willing to support that as inherently evil, terrible people. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus sat around eating his lunch, behold, there are a lot of people who were corrupt and broken, who were traitors, who were sinners the worst of them all. And they were eating lunch with Jesus. The 
And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? See, there's this idea that was at the time and is still sometimes now, you are who you associate with, right? Beware of your friends because your friends might be bad people. Beware of your company because if you keep bad company, things will go sour. And Jesus is having lunch and hanging out with these tax collectors and these sinners. The religious leaders who knew how to honor God, who knew what God said, who lived seeking to be the kind of people God made them to be, trying to be good and holy people. Why does your master, why does your teacher, why does he eat with these people? Like surely if he's worth following, he would have better people following him, right? No, the people following Jesus were horrible goes on. But when he, when Jesus heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus' question, how come you keep company with really terrible, broken, sinful people? They surely should not be around. Sometimes we think the same in the church, right? Like we want everybody to be here unless your sin doesn't match my sin and I'm uncomfortable by your sin. If the things you're doing seem so terrible that I can't wrap my mind around it, then I should tell you not to be here, right? Or say, I'd love to go to church, I just can't stand Christians. It's full of hypocrites who do all kinds of mean and terrible things. Where else are the hypocrites supposed to be? Right? They're going to be somewhere. It's like being mad at the guy at the gym who's overweight. That's where he belongs. Working out. Receiving something that's good for his body. That's where he needs to be. Not at McDonald's. Or Chick-fil-A. It might be God's chicken, but it still has a lot of calories. You know that? (laughs) Surprising. If the church is not the place for the sinful, what is? If we have to be a perfect people who have it all together, and if you expect as a group of people who are broken us to never hurt one another, where will we ever be able to be real? Jesus says, look, those who are well, they don't need a doctor. Does anybody just go to the doctor because it seems like a fun thing to do? Like, I just want to see what they're going to test me for. How they might poke and prod me. That sounds fun today. Let's do that. I want to see what this cocktail of medicine might do to my body. Let's just try it. Anybody? No, you're right. Because we only go to the doctor when we need to get well. When there's something about us that isn't going the way it's supposed to. And sometimes the doctors do a wonderful job. And other times they have no idea how to fix the problem. They're like, I'll try my best. Sorry, I made it worse. Don't sue me. And then what? She says, look, it's those who are sick who need to get well. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. See, the Pharisees had this idea, if only we give up the sinful things, if only we stop doing the bad things, if only we work harder and try more and do better, 
then we can receive what God is giving. Then we can have it all figured out. We can not only be the perfect church, we can become perfect people. But Jesus, look, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. It's not about what you give up for me. It's not about how much you lay down or you struggle or you toil or you strive. It's not about that. It's about mercy. Mercy is not giving somebody what they deserve. So when you deserve punishment, instead, I don't give it to you. When you deserve to be alienated, instead, I include you. When you deserve to be shunned and pushed away for the things you've done, instead, I say you belong here, in this place. And you know what? Maybe because of your brokenness, you're going to hurt me. That's okay. And I don't say that's okay, like just let them keep hurting you. That's a different conversation, all right? But if you're looking for the perfect church where everybody gets it right and nobody bothers you ever, you will never be satisfied. See, every place you go, hurt people will hurt people. But here's the really cool thing. Changed people, they change people. But by, by virtue of becoming somebody new, not by trying harder, but by receiving this mercy and living in this grace and walking in the promise that he wants to be with sinners like me. By virtue of this, it changes who we are and how we see others. And in turn, we get to begin to love those who are maybe even worse than me. Maybe those whose sin is more uncomfortable than mine. We're all really comfortable with one another yelling at the refs. But what about the abuse or the drinking too much? See, we get to be a people who recognize we are imperfect as a people and we will be an imperfect community. We will be a people who don't always get it right. And sometimes those who shouldn't hurt you hurt you the most. And sometimes those who should love you love you the least. And sometimes those who've been forgiven the most forget what it's like to forgive others. And yet God still calls us to be his. One of my favorite verses is in Colossians chapter 3 describing who we should be as a people, how we should live. It says this, let me put this up there. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Now, before we continue, how many of you got dressed this morning before coming here? All right. Did anybody roll out of bed and come here? You're totally welcome to do that if you go to sleep with clothes on, okay? Um, by the way, that's totally fine here. The nakedness, that causes some other problems. So put something on. In the same way we put on clothes every single day, we make an intentional decision to cover our nakedness. In the same way, he says, put on then as God's chosen ones, compassionate hearts and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Imagine if that's how we dressed ourselves when we came to gather. We woke up in the morning and said, today I'm going to go to an imperfect church and be surrounded by imperfect people. So I'm going to be compassionate and I'll be kind and I'll be humble and meek and patient. And you know, the problem with patience is when you try to put it on, God's going to give you a lot of opportunity to be patient, which means the more you want to be patient, the more people are going to drive you nuts. It's science. It always works that way. 
He goes on, he says, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. I I like that it says, if one has a complaint. See, sometimes the things that happen in this imperfect church are sinful. Like sometimes somebody does something wrong and needs to seek forgiveness. But other times, it's just a complaint. I just don't like it. It's not what I wanted. It's not my preference. It's, it's not what I would prefer. If we have a complaint against one another, let's forgive. You know what? It doesn't matter that the coffee was maybe not the coffee I would prefer to drink. It doesn't matter that the music maybe missed a note or maybe didn't sing the songs I like to sing. It doesn't matter if the pastor misspoke and said something. It doesn't matter in all of these imperfect ways. I'll just forgive it and keep going. Why? Because as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. We are gathered in this place as imperfect, broken people because we have a perfect God who loves us enough to become broken for us. And when we look upon that cross and we realize just how broken he became for us, it frees us to allow ourselves to be broken for other people. You might hurt me in the context of this community. You might say something or do something that offends me, and I will definitely do the same. But because we've been forgiven, we can live with our imperfections. We can deal with the fact that things aren't all the way I'd like them to be and we can begin to throw ourselves in and say, instead of complaining about the problems, instead of wishing I could be someplace that was perfect, instead of hoping other people would suck less, I'm going to be here as one person in the midst of a broken community that chooses to do things differently. And when you hurt me, I'll forgive And when you come against me, I won't come against you. I'll bear with your sin. And when we become this church, really, really okay with not being perfect individuals, but even more so being okay with not being a perfect church, it's okay when things don't go the way we planned. Let's put on compassionate hearts and kindness and meekness and patience. When we do this, His love will always shine in our community. And there will be times when people come against you and it hurts really deep. And so you should seek forgiveness and reconciliation. It's okay to say, Adam, that was mean. Don't do that again. I'm sorry, forgive me. It's okay to say, I really don't like the way we do the coffee. Can I help change that? That's okay. It's okay to say, I want to give myself to this community to make this community better. It's not okay. It's saying this community's broken. I'll find a better one elsewhere. Because the truth is, they'll be broken too. And you'll always be chasing something you'll never find. The perfect church. Will you join me in prayer? God, we come before you and we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. Each and every one of, this, every one of us is broken by the things we've done and the things we've left undone. God, we are broken by the way that we have treated others, and in turn, by the way people who call upon your name have treated us. 
We confess to you that the hurts caused by other people's sin, they still linger deep. We want to be a changed people who surrender our hurt and our pain and our complaints, who surrender all of these challenges and lay them before you and trust that you will be enough. Create in us hearts, Lord, that are compassionate and kind and patient and meek, that will bear with one another. Forgive as you have forgiven. And as a group of imperfect people in the imperfect church, may we trust that you are perfect and you will be more than enough. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our worship now, you're welcome to stand and sing with us. We're going to pass the offering plate at this time. Well, technically it's a bucket. It looks like popcorn bucket. But the reason we pass the offering bucket is because we believe in this place through a whole group of imperfect people that doesn't always get it right. God wants his love to be made perfect. And so through our giving and our, our financial support, we get to join him and say, help me be a part of loving others. Now, earlier in 2019, in May of last year, we switched to something called Rebel Give Online. If you prefer the convenience of online giving, uh, Rebel Give is really great because they, they're really easy most of the time. And one of the things that Rebel Give does is they, uh, right off the bat, they pass the convenience processing fee on to you guys and on to myself. I give electronically as well. And one of the things that happened this week that's really cool I have to tell you about, Rebel Give has a mission that says we want to help churches have as much money as possible to do the work they're doing. And part of that is, if you've noticed, if you've given online, it used to be that if you gave with, through your bank account, you'd be charged a quarter every time, right? The cost of convenience. But this week they announced that going forward, they're going to just absorb 100% of those quarters. So every single time you give through your bank account, it costs you nothing. And it costs the church nothing, which means your money goes further. A really cool option that they have done to help us uh, work together in this mission. That we can serve our community and love those who are disconnected. If you're here for the first time and not prepared to give, that's okay. If you came prepared to give, you can do it at thepointknox.com. In these popcorn buckets, however you do it, remember this. We give not to get his love, but because we already have it. There are a lot of questions today. So thank you. Um, the first one I'm definitely going to have to answer later in a point leftovers. What, is the, what are the Lutheran thoughts on the Virgin Mary compared to Catholicism? Whew. Thanks for starting off easy. All right. Uh, long story short, she was a virgin, was being past tense. All right. Uh, I'll answer more on Facebook later this week. Next, what immediate steps should we take for forgiving somebody who's deliberately hurting you? Uh, first, I'd say there needs to be a boundary. If they're actively hurting you and seeking to hurt you more, um, put something in between you and them that says you can't keep doing that. That's not okay. So for example, if it's a boss who continues to treat you like garbage, you should say to your boss, I'm not okay with being treated that way. If you continue to treat me that way, I'm going to leave. Be prepared for the consequences, but set a boundary in place and then follow through. Second step, I would say, uh, set some kind of boundary to prevent the immediate hurt. Second, recognize your hurt. It's, you're only going to find healing when you first admit you're not okay. And you begin to say, why does this hurt so deeply? Uh, third, I would say, is there anything you have contributed to the problem? 
Now hear this again from me. If it's any kind of abuse, physical or emotional or sexual, you do not and did not earn it. Always. I don't care what you're wearing, what happened leading up to the events. I don't care. It was not your fault. All right? But sometimes in problems where people hurt us, there is something that's my fault. When my wife says something really mean, perhaps the way I responded was also really mean. And I can take ownership for what I contributed without owning what she did to, um, to me. All right? So set a boundary and then recognize the hurt and then examine what have I contributed to the problem. And then I'd say, you need to spend a lot of time in prayer and possibly with other people where you say, God, this hurts and I don't know what to do about it. Help me. And his word through other people can help you begin to experience that forgiveness. That's what I would say is the place to start. And there's probably more after that. Um, Next, how dare you mention Chick-fil-A on a Sunday? I know, you were thinking it anyway. I'm sorry. Also, we need to be praying for the people of Australia. If you're not aware, there's a big fire going on. They're really struggling right now. So we should be praying for the people in Australia. At what point is leaving a church justified? What issues should be non-negotiable? Well, first and foremost, I have to say, sometimes there's really good reasons to leave a church, right? Like you're moving. You should not stay at a church. You're no longer around because how will you ever be a part of that community? Uh, maybe there's another good reason, like God is leading you into a ministry opportunity somewhere else. That's a wonderful reason to leave. Uh, other good opportunities, like you say, hey, I want a church that's in my community, and I don't want to drive an hour and a half to church every day or every Sunday. That's good too. There can be some bad reasons to leave a church. Perhaps the church is teaching things that are actually against scripture, and they're heretical. You should not be a part of that, all right? Now, if the pastor says something like, I just don't really agree with that, maybe it's not heretical. Maybe it is. You should have some conversation. In fact, I encourage if I ever say anything that you're like, whoa, that strikes a nerve. Let's talk. Maybe you misunderstood. Maybe I misspoke. Maybe there is a deeper issue we need to come to work on together first before what I said can make any sense. Okay. Um, so if the pastor is speaking heresy and refusing to like talk about it or change when you call him out on it, that would be a reason to leave. Another reason I'd say to leave a church, if a church is spending money in really inappropriate ways and you've done your part to try to be a part of the conversation and get involved and to shape the way money's being spent and they still won't change any of those inappropriate ways, you should be a part of that you, or you should leave that place. I think our money reflects our heart, which is why we're having a budget meeting soon. Uh, something new we're doing this year is we want to be much more open and transparent about how we make our financial decisions at the point, about what we do with all of our money. I don't know what happened before I got here two and a half years ago, but I know in the last two and a half years, I've, we've not done a lot of, let's talk about our money. So we're going to. If you want to join us for that meeting on, on Monday the 20th, please let me know because the meeting's happening in my house. And if all of you want to join us, we'll meet someplace we can fit. Okay? Um, so let me know if you want to be there that evening. Um, other times when maybe you should leave a church, if there has been some really grievous sin that has happened and the church doesn't address it, that's a big problem. So if you or somebody you know or somebody around you has experienced a really big thing like abuse, which happens in churches or even something smaller, but something still really wrong. If you address it 
and change doesn't happen, you should not remain there. Okay? There's a whole lot of other reasons. One reason not to leave a church. Don't leave the church because you don't like the pastor. Like maybe he's just a bad preacher, but he's a good pastor. Okay? Uh, or maybe he's a really good preacher and a terrible pastor. That happens too. All right? Um, next, why is it so hard to forgive somebody who uh, has or will not forgive you, but when they forgive you, it's much easier? Well, forgiveness, um, it flows a lot easier uh, two ways. When you know that there's a mutual respect and a love and a willingness to trust, it's a whole lot easier to say, I know you hurt me, but you don't mean to. This is why my wife and I regularly practice forgiveness. Like we try to be the first person to apologize for something we've done wrong. I don't always succeed, but we certainly try. When forgiveness flows both ways, it's much simpler to give. When it's one-sided, it's really hard when the other person doesn't even see what they've done is wrong, it's really difficult. And you don't have to walk through that broken mess alone. We want to be the church that's with you in this pain. Sometimes we think forgiveness, you just like lay it down and it should be in the past. Now it's done. But forgiveness is actually an ongoing process that you have to sometimes do every single day or every single hour, or every single minute of every single day until eventually that healing happens. Like when you go to the doctor because your arm is broken the doctor just doesn't say, it should be better now and sends you on your way, right? No, he puts some boundaries, a cast around the arm to give it a safe place to continue to heal, but the healing takes time. That's what forgiveness is like. All right, now this one, Emily, this one's for you. Which Psalm did you read earlier? Uh, thank you, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Hey, it was 73. Psalm 73. Excellent. And then speaking of hypocrites, uh, it reminded me of a saying I heard years ago that made me stop and think. If you allow a hypocrite to stand between you and God, then who is standing closer to God? It's a pretty good one. Hmm. I'm sure there are other questions. If I missed your question, let me know. I'll, I'll try to respond to it again later. I'll do a point leftover for the one about the Virgin Mary. And uh, we love questions in this place. As you go, uh, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.